What's up, everybody? You're on Money Moves, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today, we're talking about perception is reality, and we're mobile. Grind, grind, that's all I know. Find the time to quit, oh no. No matter good or bad, still I go. I never crack under pressure, I can't be broke. Sun up to the sun down. Map it out, now run it down. Mayweather, I never lose. I be making these money moves. Sun up to the sun down. Map it out, now run it down. Mayweather, I never lose. I be making these money So the conversation today is perception and reality. So it's a really interesting conversation because I see this really often. I see people operating as if there's only one perspective in a conversation, in a negotiation, in in a lesson they're teaching their kids, and that perspective is their own. And so often I feel like there's so much power that's lost inside of just taking the time to think about how is what I'm saying being perceived? Because ultimately, the, the vibe you put out, the words that you say, the way you dress, who you communicate with, who you surround yourself with, what you drive, where you live, 100% of all of it creates a perception. And your perception of ev- all those different ingredients is, is your, you know, and I've talked about this before, is, is kind of your flavor. What most people don't take the time to think about is what do those ingredients portray to others? And how is what I'm saying, what I'm doing, how I'm communicating, what I'm putting out on social media, what I do to myself physically, what I'm wearing, who I associate with, what does that perception, what is the perception of that to others? Now, I I don't want early on in this conversation, I don't want to get it twisted. Be yourself. The very best version of of the reality that you create around you is just doing you. But you have to be mindful of, especially if you have any ambition in life whatsoever, the ambition to scale, the ambition to grow, to impact people, you have to be thinking about what is the perception. Probably, if I had some, you know, Nazi tattoo on the side of my face, you're not gonna be very interested in listening to what I have to say. Very best content you've ever heard in your entire life, but you're never gonna get past the swastika. Again, I get it. So inside of what you do, like there are micro things that you can do to tweak and and just hone in who you are as an individual and how you're perceived. It's something that um, I'm not not super great at always. In fact, I, I take way more pride in just being myself and putting myself out there. And if you like me, great, high five. If you don't, no problem. But when I do hone in on that, like to a hypersensitive level, is any time that I am communicating with somebody on one of my teams, negotiating either a purchase or a sale, when I'm talking to strategic relationships, bankers, attorneys, accountants, it doesn't matter. There's a very specific portrayal and my thought process in every interaction is, it's not about what I put out based on solely what I wanna put out there, how is what I'm putting out perceived from the person that's, that's taking it in? Now, I'll tell you a story, and I love this story. In fact, it was my 17-year-old daughter that shared this with me through one of the classes at her school, Apologetics. And she shared this story with me, and I came to life because I thought, this is the exact same thing that happens between John Q. Public and entrepreneurship, business ownership. And so she talks about there were these people and, and there were, you know, 40 or 50 hardened criminals. And this is old school, 
you know, um, 50 AD, and, and they were taken and thrown into a cave, a cave with bars on it. There was only one way in, one way out. But the way that the, the way that the prisoners were situated inside of this cave, the only thing that they could ever see except for total darkness was at night, the, 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 the people that were policing the area and making sure that they stayed inside of the cave, confined in, in their jail, would light a bonfire. And they could see the shadows of those people on the wall. And they were there for years and years and years. They, they did, food was shoved in through, by a stick and they would see the shadows on the wall and they would begin to hear the voices from outside, but they lost, they lost grip with reality. And they begin to think that the voices that they were hearing were actually coming from the shadows. And so as time progressed, the voices on the shat- coming from the shadows on the wall would scare them. So at night when, when the fire would blaze, they would get extremely fearful because they felt like the shadow people were coming. Their perception was that these shadows were there and they were saying horrendous things and they were scary and they were big and sometimes they were small and they would fade in and fade out. But their perception was that these shadows were the, were the living creatures. One of the guys inside of, of the cage had an opportunity to ex- escape and he did. This would be the equivalent of somebody who sees the shadows of entrepreneurship, sees the car, sees the houses. He sees... they. He has, from inside of his own confined cave, his belief system, and being inside of that for so long, he sees the fruit of entrepreneurship, but not actually what happens. And so this prisoner escapes from the cage and he goes out into the world and and he's just, his mind is expanded and, and it just, it's crazy to him what he's seeing happening out there. He's seeing that the, the, the voices weren't coming from shadows, but they were coming from people and the shadows were being casted. The reason that he, like this was the very first lesson he learned is because he escaped in daylight and the sun created a shadow. And so he's running from his own shadow, feeling like this thing's going to get him. It's staying right on his heels, literally. And the guards eventually catch him and bring him back. They put him inside of the cave again with everyone else. And he begins to tell everyone around him about these, these people and what actually is on the other side and how could we have forgotten that this is what it's like out there. Guys, come on, kind of snap out of it. And the people who were in the cave fought with him and abused him and were mean to him, disrespectful. They threw stones at him and eventually killed him. Because they would rather him be dead than have him inside of their cave telling them that it could be better. Now let's take that back to the original analogy. This is entrepreneurship. And this is typically what you go through whenever you say, hey, I'm going to make a change. And you step out into that world. You find that when you decide, I'm going to be bold enough to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to be bold enough to jump out there. I'm going to be bold enough to change my life. I'm going to escape from this trap that I'm in because I believe that there's a whole world out there and it can just be so much better. The people who are around you, especially once you've tasted it and once you've experienced it and once you see how wonderful it is and you go back and you say, guys, look, here's this thing 
and I've discovered it and I want you to have it. And I want like, you genuinely in your heart want these people to have everything that you've experienced as an entrepreneur, as a thought leader, as a change maker. You go to these people and you watch how they operate and, and it blows your mind because you've expanded. You're in a place where you truly believe if they would just listen to you that the shadows on the wall aren't what's creating the noise. But on the other side, there's there's a copious amount of work, stress, long hours. It's almost insane the amount of time that you pour in. But the shadow and the voices, like the, the cars and the houses and the life, like that's just the reward for what these people truly do. And you'll find that the, that so many of those people that you share that with, that you want that for them, you feel almost crucified by them. You're put in a position where you have to make a conscious decision to either recede back into the cave or to never go back to the cave again, not give those people an opportunity to speak into your life. Don't allow them to influence you and walk away. It's hard because sometimes those people, those people that you want it the most for, those people that you want to share this secret that you've discovered, that you've unlocked, that you found, you want to sh- like you just want to give them the same keys that you found laying on the floor in the bottom of the cave. But they won't take it. At least they won't take it from you. And so once you realize that, like I just can't stress this enough, like every time there's a level that I've reached inside of business, inside of growing personally, I shed certain people around me, not because they're bad people, not because I don't want to be around them, not because I, it, there was no, nothing fake about my relationship that I had with them at the time. They just, they fit. They were, that, they were in that you know, you, there's a third of the people who are, are appropriate mentors. There's a third of the people who are peers. And there's a third of the people that you can reach back and help up, help forward with you. And your thirds just change. Your thirds grow. And you have to make a decision. I'm either going to stay at this baseline with the people around me. Or I'm going to elevate and change the people that I invest my time in. Or that I, I allow to invest their time in me. It's a hard lesson. It's why I do money moves. It's why I'm it's why I've written the book. It's why we're putting so much time and effort into talking to people about becoming successful. It's because I believe that there are so many brilliant people in this world who are trapped in the cave. So many people that have gifts that if they'll just give them that they'll live a life like that, that they you can only dream of. And you know who you are. You've got that little voice inside saying, look, you're meant for more than this. You just have to make a decision to get out of the cave. The adage is once the mind's expanded, it can never go back. And it's so true. Because I'll tell you a secret. The man, when he went back and he got killed, he was dead the second he walked back in the cave. When I sold my last company and I was you know, we, we took a, a year, a year and a half off and, and I just kind of hung out by the pool and worked out with my wife and we had passive income and w- weren't worried about money at all. And we were just trying to strategize about what to do next. Through a series of events, I, was on, I, I got on the phone with, with a bank president 
and and I was really giving him a hard time. He was actually not a, a branch president. He was a bank president in charge of, of about 30 different branches. And I was complaining about one of his branches. And he said, well, if you think it's so easy, why don't you do it? We need a, we need a branch manager for that branch anyway. And I thought, yeah, that's, yeah, I think I'm ready for that. Sure. What a fun challenge, right? I'm going to go run a bank. So I suited up and I went into that bank. But what I was doing was walking into the cave. I was walking into the cave of exchanging time for money again. I lasted 90 days, only 90 days because I felt like that was the respectable thing to do. But I knew after just two weeks that my soul was dying. <laughs> like that there was no possible way that this would ever work for me long term. The problem is, is that people are allowing their lives to die on the vine. They just don't even realize it. And all they've got to do is stop trading time for money and exchange their gifts for value to the marketplace and their life will forever look different. Savvy.